You are listening to the First Baptist Church Martin podcast. For more information on our church, visit fbcmartin.org. This morning we're going to begin something new, um, and we're going to be in this study, this series for the next few weeks, not going through a particular book of the Bible, just talking in general about our spiritual health, about our relationship with Christ as we still are entering into, we're still kind of inching our way into this brand new year. And so I want us to be thinking about spiritually how this year can be perhaps one of the biggest leaps forward in our relationship with Christ that we've ever had, and that for all of us in this, in this room today. And so I want to talk to you this morning and over the next few weeks about how hopefully uh, that may happen in our life. And I want us to begin uh, this morning in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now, I shared a little bit of this uh, with our guys at Man Church uh, a few months ago, but they've slept since then, so most of them have forgotten all about this. But even what they remember, is, it's not exactly what I shared with them that night, so this will be fresh and new, hopefully. Um, but I really believe that this is where the Lord wants us to be as we begin our conversation about becoming more like Christ this year. So hopefully you found your place. Would you stand with me this morning in honor of our Lord, the reading of His Word to us today? 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. We're going to jump right into the middle of this verse in verse 7. Look at where Paul says to Timothy, exercise yourself toward godliness. I want you to think about that. Exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Father, this is your word. And we are so thankful for it, and we pray again this morning that you will speak to us by your Holy Spirit from your Word, and as we always do, we ask, Lord, that we not just be hearers of the Word today. We haven't come here today just to hear another sermon, another teaching. Lord, we are praying today that you would speak into our life. And even though we may be familiar with the verses that we've just read, I pray open our eyes, may we see them in a whole new light. May you help us to apply them to our lives, what you're saying here. And Lord, I pray, may you help us all to grow in our relationship with Jesus. Whatever that looks like, wherever we are this morning, may we take a huge leap forward in our relationship to Christ, that your will may be done in each of us, and that not for our glory, but for yours. To you belong all the praise and the honor and the glory. And it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. may be seated. So let me ask you a question this morning. How how do you feel about exercise? That's a really loaded question, isn't it? Makes a lot of people uncomfortable. You start talking about that. But how how do you feel about bodily exercise? How How much thought do you give to your physical health, your physical condition? And probably in a room this size with this many people gathered together, we all probably fall in one to four categories. There's some people who never think about exercise. They, they, they don't think about their physical health that much. Uh, in fact, they would never want to be caught in a gym. It's just something that they're not interested in, something they just don't do. 
If you ever were out and you saw someone running, if you saw one of us running, you might want to look behind us to see what was chasing us because there would have to be a reason why we were exerting that much effort and energy uh, because it's just not, it's not something that we do. It's not something that we ever think about. It's not on our radar. There are others in the room who do think about it. I mean, you, you think about your physical health. This is the time of New Year's resolutions. Maybe some of us are already over that, but whenever we begin a brand new year, people usually take inventory of their life. They start thinking about all of these different areas. And inevitably, health comes up. It's one of those things that we do give some thought to. Maybe I could be in a little better condition than what I am right now. And we begin to dream about that and think about what might have to happen in order for us to get in better shape. Our problem is we just have no commitment to the process. There's just no discipline in our life to carry through with that. And so we just kind of stay right where we are. There are others of us who do think about our physical health, and we do exercise. We, 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 we go to the gym, we work out, uh, at least occasionally, but really what we're, what we're trying to do is just maintain. We don't want to lose any ground, but we're not really gaining any ground. We've just kind of got this thing figured out. I kind of fall into this rut sometimes where I know exactly how much I need to work out during the day and how many calories I have to burn in order to eat what I want to eat throughout the day so I can just kind of wind up even Stephen. And some of us are that way in our, in our physical health. And then there are others in the room, maybe a small a uh, number of people in the room who are really all in when it comes to physical health and getting in shape and they're always in the gym they're always working out they watch what they eat because it matters to them they're committed to it they'll do whatever it takes to be in the best physical condition they can possibly be and there's nothing wrong with that in fact we should all at least aspire to be uh, a little better in a little better shape than what we are right now uh, it is something that we should give attention and, and think about because Paul even says to Timothy that bodily exercise does profit a little. I mean, we know we're going to die, right? That'll bless you, right? But, but it's the truth. I mean, we know that unless Jesus comes again, we're all going to die one day. But while we're here on earth, shouldn't we want to live the best life we can possibly live, be the most productive person that we can possibly be? And especially as a Christian, shouldn't we want to maximize our time on earth for the glory of God and being in good shape might help us to do that a little bit better? And so bodily exercise does profit a little. But the bigger question, the, 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 the looming question over all of us today is this, how do you feel about exercising toward godliness? What about your physical condition, your physical health? Where does that fall on your list of priorities? And again, in a room this size, we all probably fall into one of four categories. There's some who never think about this. It's just not on your radar. You never think about your relationship with Christ. You never think about getting in better spiritual health. You don't think about exercising toward godliness. It just doesn't matter that much to you. And if you're a person here this morning who would say that and at the same time profess to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I would encourage you to take a good hard look at your relationship to God to make sure that you really are in Christ. Because anyone who is in Christ... And if Christ is in them, if they really have been born again, should desire in their heart to want to be more like Christ and want to grow in their relationship with God. 
There are others of us who do think about our spiritual health. In fact, you've thought about it a lot over the last few weeks as we've gotten into the new year. One of the things that you have sort of done inventory of is your spiritual life, your spiritual condition. You realize that you could be in far better spiritual shape than what you are right now. And you realize that there's some things that would have to change and things that you would have to do in order to get there. Your problem is you're just not committed to the process. There's just no real discipline in your life to carry through with the things that really need to happen in your life in order for you to grow in your relationship with God. There are others of us in the room who are just sort of maintaining. We do think about our spiritual health and we do, we do things to try to help ourselves stay in at least decent spiritual condition. But we're really not gaining any ground in our relationship with Christ. We're really not becoming more like Him the way that we should. Our relationship with Christ is not deepening. We're just trying not to go backward. We're just kind of holding steady. And then you've got that group in here, I hope, who think about this a lot. And not only do you think about it, you're committed to it. You're committed to the process. You want to become more like Jesus. And you're committed to doing whatever must happen in order for you to be more like Jesus because your relationship to God is your number one priority in life. And that's where we all should hope to be. That's where we all should be as followers of Jesus. That exercising ourselves toward godliness should be top priority in our life. Of all the things that matter to us in life, there should be nothing that matters more than our relationship to God. And it doesn't matter how long you have walked with God and how long you've been a Christian, everyone in this room could, could, could confess and admit that we still have a long way to go in becoming the person that God would have us to be in Christ. There's still a lot of growing still left for us all to do in our relationship to Jesus. In fact, Paul brings that out as he's writing to Timothy. If you know anything about Timothy, you know that Timothy was uh, a, a young protege of the Apostle Paul. He was a young pastor, a man that had been greatly influenced and impacted by the life and ministry of Paul. Paul had been instrumental in Timothy's salvation, in his discipleship, and in his call to ministry. And these two men were very close. They knew each other very well. And Paul is writing to Timothy to encourage him in his faith and in his ministry. This is a letter to a pastor who's pastoring a church. And much of this letter is about how to pastor and how to shepherd that church well. The things that he needs to do in order to lead the flock of God the right way. But then also mingled with that is some personal admonition and instruction from Paul to Timothy about how to take care of himself spiritually. And the reason Paul does that is because Timothy cannot lead the flock of God well if he himself is not growing in his relationship with Christ. And so when Paul writes to him these words of love and instruction to this young man who is very near to his heart, Paul says to Timothy, exercise yourself toward godliness. And the language here is to keep on doing this. You should be doing this already, but don't stop. Keep on. Keep on pursuing Christ. Keep on pursuing godliness. Keep on in your relationship with Christ. There's more. You can go deeper. And Paul tells him, listen, that godliness 
is not just profitable for some things, godliness is profitable for all things. This really does matter. This really does touch and impact every area of your life, your relationship to God. Growing in godliness, becoming more and more like Jesus. There's not a part of your life, not an area of your life where growing in godliness doesn't touch, where it doesn't impact you in some way. Certainly it impacts your relationship with the Lord, but also impacts your relationship with others and how you live and how you walk in this world. I can tell you this morning, without question, that becoming more and more like Christ will make those of us who are married a much better spouse. You will be a much better spouse if you are growing in Christ's likeness. It'll also make you a much better parent. Parenting your children in this world is a challenge. It is a a big undertaking. But growing in Christ's likeness and growing in godliness will help you parent well, even in the world in which we live. Growing in Christ's likeness will make you a better friend to the people who are a part of your life. It'll, bring, it'll make you a better neighbor to those who surround you in life, a better witness for Christ in this world. It'll make you a better follower of Jesus. Godliness is profitable for all things. And that's why over the next few weeks, I want us to spend some time talking about the pursuit of godliness and what has to happen in our life in order for us to become this year more like Christ, for us to really make some gains and really grow in our relationship with Jesus. For every person in this room, the biggest fail would be for us to get through another year and then sit here at the beginning of 2025 and you still be stuck at the same place that you are right now in your relationship with Jesus. All of us should desire to go further. All of us should desire to make a big leap forward in our relationship with Christ. And it can happen. It can happen for all of us. And I want you to see how. We're going to talk about, over the next, talk about that over the next few weeks. Now this morning, as we kind of introduce this, there are two things that I really want us to focus on looking at what Paul says to young Timothy here in 1 Timothy chapter 4. The first thing is this. I want us to talk for just a moment about our motivation for godliness. What is it that motivates us to want to be more like Christ? Where does the inspiration for godliness come from? Well, the answer is this. The what behind our motivation for godliness is the grace of God. It's the salvation that we have experienced from the Lord. And the who behind our motivation for godliness is the Holy Spirit of God who now lives inside of us. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. I am grateful this morning that I can tell you that God will save us just as we are. Aren't you glad of that? Like, you don't have to go get cleaned up and fixed up and improved your life and get better in some areas before you come to God and make yourself more presentable to Him so that He might show you a little mercy and grace. It doesn't matter where you are this morning in your life If you will acknowledge your sin and turn by faith to Jesus Christ and put your trust in Him and what He has done for you on the cross, His death on the cross for your sin, and His resurrection from the dead, if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I am telling you that God, right where you are, will reach down from heaven and He will rescue you and He will save you out of your sin. You see, salvation is of the Lord. 
The only thing that you and I contribute to our salvation is the sin that makes us in need of it. God is the one who saves us. And it's out of His mercy and His grace. And He saves us just as we are. But praise God, He doesn't leave us just as we are. Instead, when God rescues us and saves us out of our sin, God begins a work in us to change us and transform us into the likeness of Christ Himself. Now, there's a fancy word for that process of what's taking place in the life of every believer. The word is sanctification. And what sanctification means is is that God is working in you to change you and make you more like Jesus every day. God is transforming us into the likeness of His Son. This is an ongoing work in our life. It doesn't doesn't happen instantaneously. In fact, this work will not be finished until we get to heaven. But it's a work that God has begun in each one of us. And when Paul writes to Timothy, he reminds him about this work that God is doing in his life and in the life of every believer. And that's why he says to him, bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is, the life that now is right here on earth, and also that which is to come. And when he talks about that which is to come, he's talking about the future. And what Paul is telling us here is that this, he's saying that we know that one day this work that God has started in us of making us more like Christ, it is going to be finished, it is going to be complete. God is going to finish what he has started in each one of us. One day I am going to be just like Jesus. My future, my eternity is not in question at all, it is already settled. And the word of God declares this. I mean, this will encourage you this morning to understand that God has already settled your future. As a child of God, you know that one day you're going to be just like Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 29, Paul is writing writing to the church in Rome, and this is what he says to them. He says, for whom he foreknew, whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. And there's a lot in that verse. More than we have time to get to today. But let me tell you what Paul is saying. Paul is saying to the church in Rome that God, who not only saw the day of our salvation, but was responsible for it. God, who is responsible for our salvation, not only saw it, but is responsible for it, has also seen the day of our glorification. The day when we're going to be just like Jesus, and God is responsible for that as well. See, me becoming more like Christ, me becoming just like Christ, doesn't depend on me. That hope rests in God. And God has said, for every believer, one day you will be just like Jesus. How many of you got projects at home that you've never, that you've started but you've not finished? Anybody got a project at home that you've started but haven't finished? If your hand's not up, that means you're a liar, right? I mean, we've all got stuff that we've started, but we haven't. I got stuff, I got stuff all around that I've started, but I, I just haven't gotten around finished. Had great intentions. Started out great, just, you know, at some point dropped it and left it and haven't gone back to it. I want you to know this morning that God never does that. God never starts anything that he doesn't finish. Everything that God begins, God completes. When God saved you, when he rescued, out of, rescued you out of your sin, God started something in you 
that's as good as done. God is going to finish what he has started in all of us. And so one day, if you want to know what God's will for your life is, God's will for your life is to be just like Christ. And one day, that is going to be realized in perfection when we get, when we get to heaven and we're with God in his glory. But Paul tells Timothy that that work is going on even now. He talks about the life that now is. That godliness is not just a part of our future, it should be a part of our present. That God even now is doing something in our life to change us and transform us into the likeness of Christ. And that work that God is doing in us is a work that is, is done by the Holy Spirit of God who now lives within us. You see, when God saves us, He places His Spirit within us. And the Holy Spirit does a number of things in the life of a believer, but one of the primary things that the Holy Spirit is responsible for in your life is making you more like Christ. That's what He does. The Holy Spirit is changing us and transforming us into the likeness and into the image of Jesus Christ. And Paul, when he wrote to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, he said this to them. He says, now work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now verse 13, where he says it's God who works in you, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. God is the one who works in you, causing you to will and to do for his good pleasure. That's why I said earlier that if you're sitting here this morning and you profess Jesus Christ with your mouth, and yet there's no desire for godliness in your life, there's no desire to be more like Christ, there's no desire to grow in your relationship with Jesus, that you really need to take a hard look at yourself and to really make sure that you are in Christ, because that's incompatible and inconsistent with what the Word of God says about a true believer. A true believer who has the Holy Spirit living inside of him or her will have the desire, the initiative, the inspiration to want to become more and more like Christ because God's the one who supplies that in our life. God's the one who's doing that. Listen, there was once a time that I didn't care a thing in the world about reading the Bible. I had a Bible. I grew up in church, but I never read it. I didn't care anything about going to church. I mean, I grew up with a drug problem. My parents drugged me to church. That's the way it felt. There's a lot of places I would rather be, but when God saved me, all of that changed. All of a sudden, the Word of God became important to me. It came alive to me. All of a sudden, gathering with the saints became something that I wanted to do. And it's not that I turned over a new leaf or that I found religion. It's that God placed His Spirit within me who was causing me want to want to will and to do according to His good pleasure. But when Paul writes to the Philippians, he also reminds them that even though that God's doing this, even though God's giving you the will and the desire to want to become more like Jesus, you also have a part to play in this process. You're to work out what God's working in. That's why he says work out your own salvation. What the Holy Spirit is doing in you, you're to respond to that by being obedient and by doing the things necessary in order to grow. Listen, the Christian life, though this may sound good, some people may have it as a bumper sticker on the back of their car, but the Christian life is not just let go, let God. God's doing something in you, but you also have a responsibility to exercise yourself toward godliness, which means that there are certain things that Scripture teaches, even commands us to do for our own good, so that we may grow in Christ and become more like Him. We call these things 
or many people call these things spiritual disciplines. Things that I have to discipline myself to do in order that I may grow in godliness in response to what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life. And so that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks, spiritual disciplines. So we talk about the motivation for godliness. Let's talk about the means of godliness for just a moment. And I've already just let the cat out of the bag. That what we're going to be talking about are these spiritual disciplines that are given to us in the Word of God to help us grow in godliness. Things that the Holy Spirit takes and uses in our life to help us grow and mature in our relationship with Jesus. And so what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about reading and studying God's Word. Not just to check the box and say, okay, I did that today, but to read the Word of God with the intent of letting God speak to us through His Word to grow us in godliness. We're going to talk about prayer. I would imagine that for a lot of us, if there's one area in our life that we really struggle, it's with prayer. We know that we're supposed to pray. We do pray over our meals. We pray when we get in a jam. But being, but being a consistent follower of Christ who lives in prayer, who's constantly praying, many of us don't know what that looks like. Because prayer remains such a mystery to us, and we, we don't really understand the purpose behind prayer and how God in our prayer life draws us closer to Himself. That the goal of prayer is not to get stuff from God, but to grow closer to God. And so we're going to talk about that, what that looks like in a believer's life. Lord willing, we'll talk about fasting. And some of you never heard of fasting. But, but what role does that play in a believer's life? Is that important? Why does the Bible talk about that? What role does that have in me becoming more like Jesus? And then we'll even talk about, Lord willing, the church and the role of the church and being a part of the church and, and how I have to discipline myself even in that area of my life, to be consistent in the gathering of the saints and how God uses that to grow us in godliness. Now, as we start to inch our way into these spiritual disciplines, begin to talk about them next week, let me just say some things up front about these spiritual disciplines as we close out this morning. First thing I want you to understand is this, that these spiritual disciplines that we're going to be talking about, they are personal. When I say they're personal, uh, what I mean is that the, the, we're going to talk about things that you are responsible for doing yourself in your relationship with Christ in order to grow in Christ and toward godliness. We will talk about the church. We'll talk about the importance of the church. But understand that even though the church plays a role in helping us grow toward godliness, the responsibility of growing in godliness rests on you. You have to take ownership of this. We live in the blame game society where people are always blaming other people for why things don't happen in their life. Or why, why, why they're in the same place that they've always been in their life. Anything goes wrong. I'm going to blame somebody else and not take ownership myself. Listen, in your spiritual life, you've got to take ownership of this. God will use people in your life to help you grow toward godliness, but you yourself have to own it. You've got to take responsibility and understand that there are things that I must commit myself to. There are things that I must do in my life. If I'm going to grow in my relationship with Jesus. And so these things are going to be personal. Second thing is this. They're biblical. 
Spiritual disciplines are biblical. We're not going to be talking about the latest fad, the newest trend coming down the pipe. We're going to be talking about timeless truths that God has given to us in His Word. Things that God has said to us already. You need to do these things. These things need to be a part of your life if you're going to grow in your relationship with Christ, if you're going to grow in godliness. And so we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about things that we must do as believers in order to grow in our relationship to God. The third thing I would tell you is that these spiritual disciplines are sufficient. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says that God by His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You know what that means? That means that everything necessary for God's work to be accomplished in your life has already been provided. Listen, God never calls you to do something that He doesn't provide the means and the power in order for it to be done. Jesus, when He was with His disciples before He ascended back to heaven, it was before He actually went to the cross, in the Gospel of John, chapters 14, 15, and 16, Jesus spent a great deal of time talking with His disciples about the fact that they weren't going to go with Him just yet, that God wasn't finished with them, that there were still things on earth that God wanted to do in them and through them. And you can imagine how overwhelmed they are by all of this. Jesus is telling them that He's going away, and they're going to be here, and He's not going to be present with them in the flesh any longer. And so they're thinking, how in the world are we going to do this? And he looks at them and he says, listen, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. The Father's not going to leave you here to try to figure this out on your own or to do this all by yourself. Instead, it's to your advantage that I go away because if I go away, then he will come. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he's not just going to be with you. He's going to be in you. All these things I'm commanding you to do, all these things that that God wants to do in your life, he is going to supply his spirit who will live in you, who will make it possible for you to do the very thing that God wants you to do. And I'm telling you again, God wants you to grow in godliness. And if God wants you to grow in godliness, God will supply everything that you need to grow in godliness. He's placed His Spirit inside of you. He's given you His Word. Listen, we have everything that we need in order to grow in Christ. We just have to take what God's given us and do something with it. And so hopefully this next year, that will will be exactly what we intend to do, all of us together. Is to take God at His Word, do the things that God has called us to do, and understand that these things are sufficient to help us grow in our relationship with Jesus. The fourth thing I would tell you is this, is that spiritual disciplines are embedded in the gospel. I don't want you to think for a moment that what we're going to try to do is cast a guilt trip on you and place the burden of legalism upon you, because that's not what we're talking about. Listen, the goal of the next few weeks is to not beat us up and make us all feel rotten and bad about ourselves. The goal is this, is to reveal the beauty of Christ and the gospel, the hope of the gospel to all of us, and to see the beauty of the righteousness of Christ and understand how we can let that beauty fill our lives, how we can become more and more like Jesus. And so understand, we're not talking about legalism here. We're talking about a pursuit of Christ out of love. We're not talking about exalting ourselves. We're talking about exalting Christ in our life. We need to understand that the goal here is not to be filled with self-righteousness, but for us all together to be filled with more of the righteousness 
of Christ, to grow deeper in the gospel so that we would decrease and that Christ would increase in our life. The fifth thing I would tell you is this, is that spiritual disciplines are something necessary for all of us. Necessary for all of us. As long as we're here on this earth, and we've already said this, but as long as we're here on this earth, we should practice these spiritual disciplines in pursuit of godliness. Because again, no matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how far you've come in your relationship with God, there is still more growing to do. And that's true for every person in this room. There's not a person here today who can say, I have arrived. I've gone as far as I can go. God's, God's finished His work in me. That won't be true of any of us until we get to heaven. As long as we're here, there's still a lot of growing to do. Paul, when he wrote to the Philippians, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12, listen to what he said to them. And I want you to keep in mind that this is Paul. Paul, who has been a believer, a follower of Christ for some time now. God has been working in Paul's life. Paul's planted churches. Paul has preached the gospel. Paul has seen people saved. God has done all these glorious and wonderful things through the life of this man who's been transformed by the grace of God. And yet Paul, when he writes to the Philippians, says to them, it's not that I've already attained or that I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. God's not done with me yet. There's still more that God wants to do. And that's exactly how all of us should feel this morning. Like, like there, there are some of us who just constantly beat ourselves up because, because we, we know that we're not everything that we can be or, or should be in Christ. And listen, there's something to be said for a holy discontent in your life. Never should you be to a place where you get satisfied and you say, all right, I'm done. I'm not going to grow anymore. But you need to understand the grace of God in your life and understand that Jesus Christ, who rescued you where you are, understands that this is a process and this is a journey. And as long as you're on this side of heaven, that work is not going to be finished in your life. But thank God that even though you're not where you ought to be, maybe, you're not where you used to be. God started something in your life. And God's going to finish what He started. And praise God, if you've been stuck in a rut and this year was not the best year for you spiritually and you didn't grow the way you thought you should grow this year spiritually, praise God, we're in a brand new year. It's a new beginning. And this can be the year where you take a huge leap forward in your relationship with Jesus. Listen, I've been walking with Christ for a long time in my life, and I will tell you that I've still got a long way to go to becoming more like Jesus. David stood up here at the end of 2023, the last Sunday of the year, talked about loving our enemies. That if we're going to be more like Christ, this is how he prefaced the message, if we're going to be more like Christ, which should be our desire then we're going to have to love our enemies because that's exactly what Christ has taught us to do. That's exactly what He did. And that's a pretty tall order, is it not? For us to love our enemies. But there's a lot of things about Jesus that, 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 that I fall short of in my life. 
And I'm reminded of that every single day, but praise God for His mercy and grace. And praise God that even though I am not there yet, I'm going to get there, and even now God is working in me to help me grow in godliness while I'm on this side of heaven. And so this year, let's grow. That's why we've laid aside everything else. I mean, we've been in the study of 1 Corinthians and and, and I'm going to get back to that study, but I've just felt impressed that, that, that we're going to have to spend some time talking about this because I want this to be a year that you don't limp into, but you leap into with great expectation and great ambition for what God may do in your life, that this could be the best year yet for you spiritually. No matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, that this could be the best year yet, and it can be if we'll commit ourselves to exercising ourselves toward godliness. Amen? Amen. And if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, listen, we invite you today to put your faith and trust in Him. You don't have to go and get yourself cleaned up, fixed up. You don't have to go and change a bunch of things in your life before you come to Christ and then hope that that'll be enough for God to accept you. Listen, the Bible says that even while we were yet sinners, enemies of God, Jesus came into the world and He died for us. He took all of our sin on Himself and suffered in our place on the cross so that by His mercy and grace, we could be rescued out of our sin. All you need to do this morning is acknowledge the fact that you are a sinner in need of a Savior and that Jesus is that Savior and put your faith and trust in Him. And I'm telling you, from personal experience, right where you are, God by His grace will reach down and He will save you right where you are but he's just not going to leave you there. The moment he saves you, he's going to begin this work in you that one day will be completed when you are in heaven. But as long as you're on this earth, it will be going on where God is changing you and making you more and more like Christ. And I'm telling you, it's a great journey, is it not? It's a wonderful thing to see God working in your life and changing you more and more into the likeness of His Son. Would you give your life to Jesus today and trust Him as your Savior? Heads are bowed. If you were encouraged by today's sermon, leave us a rating and subscribe to the podcast. To learn more about First Baptist Church Martin, visit fpcmartin.org.